I am so thankful today for so many things. I'm thankful for Jesus Christ most of all. And I'm thankful that I don't have to try to get to heaven on my own goodness. I'm thankful that I'm not perfect. That may be a strange thing to be thankful for. But I'm thankful I'm not perfect because if I was perfect, I would not need Jesus. And I'm thankful for Jesus. One of these days, he'll make us perfect. You know it? But not in this life. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to say things we wish we hadn't said, do things we wish we hadn't done. But Jesus Christ forgave all that. How many knows that applies to everybody? He is the one true living God. This is the last Sunday and the kids are in here with us. And I really like that. Got to get a little closer to y'all. I can't see as far as I used to. I'm trying to figure out who's here. If you're here, say amen. amen. If you're not, say amen. Oh. It's good to have you here in the house of God. And how many know the house of God is for everyone? Jesus said, my house is a house of prayer for all people. How many know all means all? Whosoever means whosoever. And Jesus died for everyone all around the world, all walks of life. This morning I want to talk about something that's been on my mind a lot lately. Especially this week when we celebrate the sacrifice that our soldiers and forefathers made for this great country. I was looking on uh, Chickasaw Nation page recently, which I keep up with, and they have such great, wonderful things there. Talking about honoring the Chickasaw Native American veterans that sacrificed their lives for this great country. And I was just really moved in my heart to see that. We live in a great land, and I believe Oklahoma is the greatest state in the Union. And I believe that we should set the example for everyone around us by taking up our cross and following Jesus. So this morning I want to talk to you about take up thy cross. This is what Jesus said to do. He said, take up thy cross and follow me. You notice he didn't just say, follow me. Remember what he told his disciples? I want to be called a disciple of Jesus Christ. I hope somebody looks at us at Union Valley and says, you know those folks that go at Union Valley, they are disciples of Jesus Christ. That is the highest compliment that you can be paid for people to identify you as a follower of Jesus Christ by the way you, by the way you talk, by the way you live, by the way you help others, and by the way you lift up the cross and Jesus Christ. You know, this flag represents a lot of things. I like to look at it as the blood of Jesus and the pure white robe that he's going to give us someday. I like to look at it as the beautiful stars of the 50 states that are all united. I wish they were, and I pray that they will be. 
because we are all God's creations. And those of us who have invited him into our heart and given our life to him become his children. You know, one of the things that's a little bit sad, I know right now, is that Mike and Jan and Susie and some of the others would be in Africa right now for several years in a row. Our missionaries go to Kenya at this time of year and spend at least two weeks. And they go to every school that will let them in and they give them soccer balls and share Christ with them. I don't know if you know this, but I've got to share some of these things with you. Our world mission team, our gospel station listeners, people in this church, all together have funded, get this, this glory goes to God, not me. I haven't had much of a hand in it, really. All of these guys, world mission team and Jesus Christ and the ones that have been giving. But this is so awesome to me. I hope I have the number right. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe that to date, our ministry has funded and constructed, saw every one of them through, homes for, wi homes for widows so they can live there, and they raise orphans. So the orphans live with the widows in the house, and I believe we've built 16 of those. Uh, I believe that's right. Not only that, but some of those villages, they're, they're just such precious people. And they want to know the Lord so badly. And I believe that we have, the World Mission Team, I believe has built nine churches in villages that did not have any church. And I am so thankful for that. I don't take any credit. It's none of my credit. Mike and Jan do all the heavy load carrying. And people go with them. People give money. God brings the blessing. And I'm so excited about that. This is what our ministry is all about. And I, once in a while, I get a question. Well, now, why do you go all the way to Africa when there's people lost right here? I can answer that question. Because Jesus said to. He said, go here at home in Jerusalem. This was a commandment, by the way. How many know that Jesus commanded his disciples? Go here at home in Jerusalem. Go out to Samaria. They didn't like Samaria. You know, they had conflict with Samaria. Uh, two or three weeks ago, I preached about that. Samaritans and Jews, that was kind of like the racism of the day. And the Samaritans weren't treated very nicely. God did not like that at all. He told the, his disciples, go to them, minister to them. Boy, I tell you what, they had to swallow a lot of pride to do that. But they did it, you know why? Because they're his disciples. He said, go to Jerusalem, go to Samaria, go to Judea. Go to all the earth. He didn't just say do one. Now, he didn't mean that you had to do every one of them. He was saying the church needs to do all of those things. Some he calls here. Some he calls there. Some he calls to go across the sea. 
That's taking up your cross, you see. That's what it really means. And back in Matthew chapter 16, I want to read the scripture with you. Verse 24. This verse is for every Christian. Kids, this verse is for you. Kids, would you look up here just a second? Every kid that goes to children's church, look up here for just a second. I want to tell you something I don't want you to ever forget. God made you, and he did not make a mistake. And when you are a child of God, you are highly favored by the King of Kings. That means you. That means he knows exactly what he has planned for you. And if you will follow his plan, you will succeed beyond your wildest dreams. Adults, can we tell the kids that that is true? If they will follow the plan of God, that they will succeed beyond their wildest dreams? It's true. And you don't want to go by your own dreams. You want to go by his dreams because they're a whole lot bigger. And that's what it means to take up your cross. It's deliberate. It's deliberate. You have to choose to follow Jesus Christ in order to be his child, in order to be his disciple. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. Three steps. I can remember three steps, can y'all? I think I can anyway. I do pretty good with two. Sometimes I have to look up if there's three. But I think I can remember these three steps. Would you, would you say them with me? Deny yourself. Take up your cross. And follow me. Do you want to be successful in your life? Hey, that might, that might mean great wealth, but it probably won't. It probably means you'll do good in whatever job he puts you in. Whatever role that he asks you to play, it means you'll succeed at it. I was a school teacher for a long time, and that's how I found out that prosperity preaching just didn't get it. Let me tell you, if you are working for someone else, your salary's kind of set, huh? And so I don't believe in this name it, claim it stuff that you're going to get rich if you claim it. Let me tell you what. You can name it, that's a fact. You can claim it, that's a fact, but it better be what God wants for you. If it's what God wants for you, y'all shout out some things you know that God wants for you. Let me hear from you. What's one thing you know God wants from you? Health, peace, love, what? Joy? No fear? Obedience? What's something he wants to give you? What's something he wants to give you? Salvation? Grace? Eternal life? Mercy? Okay. 
There's a lot more, but those things that we named, can you say with me that all of those things for sure God wants for us? All right, then you can name it and you can claim it. But let me tell you something. If I drive by the big old massive house on the hill and I want to name it and claim it, I am not doing God's will. I'm not. That is not the way. In fact, it's the opposite of the way. There's nothing wrong with having the big old house on the hill. And there's nothing wrong with it. If God gives it to you, praise God. I know some people that are blessed financially and they use it to build God's kingdom. Let me give you an example. This Monday, this week, I got to drive to uh, Greenville, Texas. And a man there who had been touched by the great passion play in Eureka Springs, it had changed his life. Here's what he did. He got up in years, and he's selling off things that he had accumulated through the years. And he had a farm down there and some land, a small one. And he sold it for $123,000. And when I got there, he handed me the check for the full amount for the Great Passion Play Foundation. I'm not preaching about money. I'm preaching about God. You see, he built, this man built quite a bit of wealth, and he is using it for the Lord to build the kingdom to make sure that the story of Jesus keeps going. This property that we're sitting on right now, a family named Scott, years ago, was blessed by God. They, their businesses flourished. And they left all of this property to the church at Union Valley. And across the road where we'll shoot the fireworks tonight used to be the Union Valley School. And they left all that property to build a school. They left all this property to build a church. And then when they got older, near the end of their life, they willed their entire estate to this church. That is how we built the buildings. Except for this one, we had to borrow the funds for this one. We built those other buildings with what they left. And not only that, that's how we got to start the World Mission Team. Because back in 19, I don't remember when it was, 80 maybe, uh, 1988 or 9, I got the opportunity to buy a radio license and I didn't have the money. That was the, it must have been 1992. And that was the year that they left the rest of their estate to the church. So I took, I borrowed, I say I, we formed a nonprofit organization. The nonprofit borrowed $10,000 from the church. Actually, it was 12. We borrowed 12,000 from the church. We went and bought that very first radio license. And then after we got on the year, we raised the money back and we paid the church back 100%. Guess what the church used the money for? That 12,000. To buy that church van out there. That's how old it is. And we're still using it. And so that's how we built our first radio station. And then the next station that came along 
would cover this whole part of the country down here. I mean, it goes for miles, 150 miles. And so we didn't have the money to build that either, but we had the opportunity to get the license. I went to the bank. I wrote this report. Y'all stay with me. i got to point to this. I went to the bank. I wrote this report, you know, with all the charts and graphs and projections and all that. I've spiral bound it and everything. And I went in and handed it to the banker. And he looked it over and read it. I'll never forget this. He went back in the back. He said, we have a new owner just bought the bank. He went back to the back to talk to the new owner of the bank. And it seemed like an hour, but it was probably five minutes. He came back, and the man was very upset, red-faced, teary-eyed. Seriously. He sat down, and he handed me that spiral back, and he said, Mr. Christie, this, he said, I've been at this bank for 25 years as president of the bank until we just got a new owner. He said, this is by far the best financial proposal anyone has ever walked through this door with. And our new owner, guys, write this down. This is, how, this is how the world is going. Our new owner just told me, I will not loan, I will not loan money to in God we trust. Because we were going to be a Christian radio and nonprofit, he called it in God we trust. Get, does not get any money from me. I walked out of that bank. I knew that I had done what God told me to do. I knew that I was supposed to write that proposal. I knew I was supposed to build that state. I mean, it was not a doubt in my mind. God told me to do it, and I absolutely knew I was supposed to do it. And I walked out, and I told God, I said, God, I can't do this. I don't have the money. I tried to raise the money. I haven't succeeded. I tried to borrow the money. I haven't succeeded. I can't do it. If you want this to happen, you're going to have to make it happen because I can't make it happen. Within a month, I'm going to shorten the story real short. I had a man call me. If you want all the details, I'll tell you later. I had a man call me and he paid for 100% of the cost of that station himself. And that is still our biggest flagship station in our network. Rick Cody was the top programmer in the state of Oklahoma. He won an award. He's got it hanging on his wall. Air personality in the state of Oklahoma. He had the job at the number one station in our town. Everybody thought he was radio man of Ada. And you know what he did? He quit his job and he walked away from it and he said, I'm going to run this station for you, for God. And I about freaked out. I said, we don't have any money to pay you. I don't have any money. I can't pay your check. I can't pay your salary. He said, you'll get it. Let me tell you guys, if you want to be a victim, you can be. If you want to believe that the whole world is against you, 
You can believe that if you want to. You can choose to, be, to believe that way. But I'm telling you, God's children are not victims. God's children have the victory already. He has to do it for you. If you'll deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. Can you remember those three things? Deny yourself. Say it with me. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow him. I'm not saying, oh, look at me. I did such wonderful. I didn't do any of that. I couldn't do it. Charlotte and I grew up in a family that, yeah, we had food on our table and we had place, a good place to live. But we didn't have any extra money. Almost all the clothes we had were somebody gave us. All, even right now, half the clothes I have, somebody gave me. Some fat man keeps giving me clothes. I don't... <laughs> the reality of life is, deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow him. And then it's about learning how to do it, isn't it? And that's where discipline comes in. Let me tell you, the great, one of the greatest lies that the devil is telling people today is this. Well, you were born that way. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. That is a lie from the pits of hell. Your children, my children, all the children of the world that follow Jesus Christ are victors not victims it's not about how we're born it's about being born again and it's not about self it's about others did Jesus go to the cross for himself it was all about others you know I, I'm kind of frankly a little bit tired of people that have no discipline and they think that they can just do anything they want to. I'm frankly a little tired of it. I know what would have happened to my backside if I'd acted like that. I would have heard that swish. Somebody got identify with that sound? Make me do it again. My daddy used to say, Randall didn't even know the belt was for holding up my pants. Huh? We need some discipline. People are not supposed to just do whatever they want to do. Deny yourself. Well, this is just who I am. This is who I am. This is who I am. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. It's a lie from the pits of hell. It's not who you are. It's who God wants you to be. It's who God makes you to be. Who you are is just a human being that can't even get out of bed in the morning without God's help. Jesus Christ will make you who you are. You say, well, you're the preacher. Let me tell you, I'm the preacher, but it's only because God told me to be. And I'm glad I am. I'm not saying that. I'm glad. But let me tell you, to do God's word is to take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow him. What does it mean to deny yourself? It means to follow his plan instead of yours. 
Somebody asked me the other day, and I've had this question so many times, do you believe in predestination? You're probably thinking, oh, he's surely not going to talk about that. I've had this asked me so many times. Do you believe in predestination? Okay, follow me now, please. Kids, you can understand this. You can understand this better than the grown-ups. You, you can understand this better than the grown-ups. It's all about your definition of predestination. It's all about the definition. You see, there's a lot of terms, and it's all about the definition of those terms. You know, sometimes you and I might have a disagreement, and I may say, yes, it is. You may say, no, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Then we realize we're defining the terms in two different ways. If we define the term, if we agree on what the term means, all of a sudden we agree on how we see it. Now, that's true in a lot of things in life. So, kids, this is what you can understand easier than the grown-ups. God has a predetermined, predestined plan for your life. The Bible says it. I believe it because the Bible says it. The, listen to me. He may intend for you to be the one that cures cancer. He may intend for you to be the next president of the United States when you grow up. He may intend for you to be a doctor. He may intend for you to be a worker and a hard worker and make a living for your family. He may intend for you to be whatever. He might intend for you to be a missionary or a preacher or whatever it is. Predestination simply means this. He has a predetermined plan for your life. But he will not force you into it. You have the free will to follow your own way or follow his way. That is how we live for Jesus. I'm thinking about the soldiers. I'm thinking about the soldiers that... You know, yeah, they were drafted, but they could have chosen to run from it. There were a lot of soldiers, as soon as they heard the war was starting, they ran to sign up for it because they wanted to help. And today we have people protesting our flag. I'm 100% against that. It is not right. It is morally wrong to protest our flag. Why? Because we're supposed to be setting the example. That flag stands for the soldiers that have died. That flag stands for the people that have sacrificed it all. How dare we think we live in our cushy houses and drive our comfy cars and eat our big meals and we have a right to burn the flag that represents that soldier that was just scraping and, and in the foxholes with the blood of his friends all over him. We should honor our flag. I am all in favor of protesting for good causes. But I do not believe that there is any time that it's right to walk in this church and interrupt our service and have a protest. I don't believe it's ever right 
to go to somebody's wedding and disrupt it and cause chaos and have a protest. I don't think it's right to go to a funeral. Does anybody here think it's okay to protest in a funeral or a wedding or a church service? Well, that's how much I respect that flag. That flag is sacred. We don't worship it. It's a reminder of the men who died for you and me. Let them protest and then let them stand for the flag. Let them pray. Let them take a knee. I believe we all need to get on our knees. I believe every American needs to get on their knees and I'm telling you what my prayer is and I'm asking you, would you join me in this prayer? How many of you saw on social media just this week that there is a cry going out. One man put it out to one point million people to go and tear down the Jesus statues in the United States. Did you see that? It's all over the news. It's all over social media that they're calling now for them to tear down the statues of Jesus. Our ministry, your ministry, our ministry has the stewardship over the largest statue of Jesus in on the North American continent. The Christ of the Ozarks is the largest statue of Jesus on the North American continent. And I can tell you right now, I pray for people and I love people, all people of all walks of life, and I'll pray with them and love them and give them the shirt off my back, but I will stand armed, locked and loaded to guard that statue. And I know a lot of others that will too. And if you think that's hate, then your thinker is messed up. That is love for God. Let me tell you, people from every country. Oh, it was so exciting this last two weeks. I've shouted, how many are here from here? How many there? How many there? Uh, we had people from Jamaica. We had people from uh, every, every country you can think of almost. And they had traveled all over the world. People of all colors and races and backgrounds and walks of life were in those stands. The, the numbers were not that huge, but the variety was so huge. And it was so exciting to see people from every walk of life who wants to come and see Jesus and the story of him and the passion play. And look at that statue to remind them who is their Savior. And I just want to tell you right now that we as Christians, are already victorious. Kids, God has a plan for you. Every single child in this room, God loves you so much. He died for you and He wants you to stand up for Him. That's a love message. The greatest love of all, Jesus said, is He who laid down His life for His friends. You say, well, Brother Randall, how are you going to lay down your life if you're standing there locked and loaded? I'm going to lay down my life for Jesus Christ. He's my friend. I hope it doesn't come to that. We've already had a few threats called in. We spent this week trying to come up with a security plan. You know, when masses of people are threatening to pull down Jesus, I'm telling you what. If they want to pull down that Jesus, they better bring a big truck. Now back to my prayer that I would ask you to pray with me.
would you pray that every time people go and look at the statue of Jesus, wherever it is, in every country, every city, every town, every church, wherever there is a statue of Jesus, that every time someone comes to pull it down, they'll look into his eyes and fall at his feet. That's my prayer. I had a another comment, and I just want to, this is real important to me, guys. If that Jesus statue topples, he still lives in our hearts. They cannot take Jesus away from us no matter what. Amen. One of these days, that statue is going to fall. Because one of these days, the Bible says, every building, every mountain is going to fall when the earth shakes, when God begins to recreate the earth. We don't worship the statue. It's not forever. But people do not have a right. Nobody has a right to burn your building down. Nobody has a right to tear Jesus down. Nobody has a right to take this church from us. We need to keep on loving people. You know what our church has been doing? Tamara and all several of you guys, I can't name everybody, several people out here, they have been going out to the homes all over this county and taking food and loving people and sharing Christ. That's what Jesus does. Would you pray this with me? That when they come to tear that statue down, any statue of Jesus, they'll look in his eyes and fall at his feet. That's what the world needs right now is a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Take up your cross is not an affliction. It's not a sickness. It's not a disease. Taking up your cross is a willing act. It is something you do on purpose. It's something that Jesus calls you to do. I'm blessed today because the Lord said, I have not lost any of them that you put in the palm of my hand. Jesus wasn't a white man anyway. He was brown-skinned, Mideastern. We all know that. We love him the most, don't we? We love him the most. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. Let's pray.